Thank you, uh, thank you, Elisa. Hello, Fabian. You managed to uh, do this last minute. Very good. Yeah, welcome, everyone. We're going to do a, a small uh, panel session uh, ending at 10.50. So we have around just below half an hour to get you... Uh, to get doing this. Um, we're going to talk about uh, getting ahead in, uh, in e-commerce and uh, it's going to be interactive. Everyone's invited, everyone listening here, invited to ask some uh, questions in, in the chat. Of course, these are some big companies and with legal departments and PR departments, so they might not be able to answer everything, but we'll, we'll do, definitely do our best to answer uh, most of, uh, of your questions. Yeah, short introduction of the panelists. You've uh, heard Elisa talking to, uh, about it, so we won't take too long. Uh, we have Bob from the Senior Customer Journey Specialist bolded.com uh, on my right uh, i think also on your right below me we have uh, lucas uh, Foss from uh, optimizing online platforms at etian nederland and specifically uh, videoland their uh, streaming service and in the corner across from me is uh, fabian kersten digital uh, uh, director digital marketing sales and service at leaseplan yeah, so let's start with uh, the first panel question uh, from my side, at least, and I'll uh, look at the stage for the incoming questions. But let's start, let's open it up. Today's topic is about getting ahead in e-commerce, which to me partially sounds like knowing what's coming next, which is inherently difficult, of course. But first question at, uh, at Boss from Bold.com, how, how is Bold.com forecasting and, and how, are, how is that impacting how you handle customer behavior? How, how are you forecasting changes in, in customer behavior? Hi, good morning. Can you, can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. All right. I think a, a large part of the, of the forecasting strategy at Bold.com has to do with, with the way the teams are set up. So each Bold is divided in a number of separate teams, and each team is responsible for a specific part of the, of the product groups on Bold.com. We have more than 20 million products on our website, so we, we decided to categorize those product groups into teams. And these teams do most of their forecasting for a large part. So that gives us, yeah, I think a, a great strategic advantage because uh, those small teams are really, really knowledgeable about the product groups they're dealing with and are able to forecast quite actually, uh, accurately because of it. Uh, what kind of data is going into that? Is it uh, external data or only internal data or a combination? Or? Yeah, I think both. We look at the market, of course, but also what did we do last year? How do we expect the market to develop? How do we expect Bold to develop? What product groups will be will be added to the collection, uh, or maybe maybe even deleted from the collection? I don't know. So it's, it's a combination of both, really. Yeah. Yeah, and your section uh, currently is uh, bicycle camping and outdoor. I can imagine there there's been some changes last couple of uh, months in in those sections. What are the things that you've implemented? Changes that you've implemented uh, based on those uh, changes. I've only recently joined the new team. Uh, first of July. Before this, I was in the in the sports section of uh, of Bold.com. and and some of the changes we we noticed there were. Uh, for a large part of course due to due to corona when everybody had to stay home for corona basically everything changed so in, in the sports section what we saw we had all these uh, exercise at home materials and, and they just went uh, they just went nuts uh, for example uh, we sold uh, 30 times the amount of dumbbells in one week that we sold in the year before and in the same week basically the same goes for uh, pilates rings or kettlebells and those were like, obvious changes but we also had some changes we, we, we saw coming less, I think. So, for example, uh, we sold uh, 92 times the amount of uh, badminton nets uh, in, in one week. And then we sold in the, in the same week uh, last year. And, and 53... table, apparently. Sorry? Everyone already has a table, apparently. 
Uh, yeah, badminton. But uh, yeah, everybody has a field, or at least a backyard. I think people wanted to have something to do at home. Yeah. Some of the changes as a as a small shopping team, you have to you have to really adapt to this because um, you're not you're not nobody was really prepared for Corona, of course, but. Yeah, we need a limited amount of stock, so you have to look where you can get extra stock. You have to look at pricing, you have to look at logistics, obviously, because uh, shipping those amounts of, uh, of goods is a, is a challenge in itself. So uh, th those were all really challenging. Yeah. And so I, I can imagine that, uh, so at, at Bulbum.com, some categories went up, some categories went down. There's, it's, 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 a, it's a mixed bag. And that's, I think, something you need to shift uh, gears with different uh, categories or shift your focus. I, I don't necessarily have data about uh, the automotive uh, industry or leasing cars specifically, but I can imagine that uh, that's an industry that's been hit much harder in a negative way, unfortunately. And, and so, Fabian, have you and your team been able to make quick decisions? How have, how have you done this? And, and how have you adapted to this to this new situation? And in general, do you have any tips on, on teams to to be more agile? Okay, thank you, thank you very much for the question. I think it's a very loaded question. Lots of different aspects to <laughs> uh, look at, indeed, and uh, also, of course, uh, to give a bit of background. Um, basically, managing a central digital team uh, which looks at uh, 30 plus countries. So that means uh, we also had to have a very uh, global view on what was happening, especially with the COVID situation. And uh, one of the things that we were focusing on predominantly was to look at the search intent that we saw on uh, either on Google or also on the social channels um, to really follow a little bit the trends in terms of how people are actually looking for leasing solutions or mobility solutions in general. And as you can imagine, people being locked down, there was, of course, uh, quite an interesting uh, development that we also saw then uh, with the search uh, insights that we received. So we had to really uh, realize that uh, also if you look at the curve from the stock market over the last couple of months, we saw some similar uh, behavior also when you looked at basically the search intents. And so we kept a very close eye on that. And actually in the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, we actually saw that we surpassed actually search intent from previous years quite rapidly. So it was uh, an incredible fast recovery, um, which led us to really push also the organization to really move from a, let's say, almost standstill situation, um, seeing that we didn't know exactly what to expect uh, to uh, trying to accelerate growth again. And that's, of course, quite a shift within a couple of months time. And that also meant, of course, that we, from a team perspective, to look at things uh, that we need to ramp up really fast again while we had actually more or less divested in the last couple of weeks beforehand. So what it meant was get back to acceleration mode and it was uh, that was quite heavy because also as the unemployment uh, numbers are, are rising and a lot of areas there's still a lot of uncertainty but at the same time, you see also, or we saw also that the competition wasn't sleeping. So some competitors of ours, they just kept on going if there was no COVID. So we also had to realize that there is a combination of things that need to be done. So first of all, of course, performance is one of my key focus areas. So that means really looking at lead generation, for example, really looking on online, how do you convert as quickly as possible? But at the same time, we also need to realize that awareness is a huge aspect as well, right? So there's a lot of, of course, anxiety of people traveling these days. That also meant that probably more people are now interested in their personal mobility solution. 
So we saw already quite a rise in, in mobility uh, searches in the beginning of the year before COVID. But now I think it becomes even more interesting. So there's a tremendous amount of education that needs to be done. So we really have to look at a combination of, let's say, raising basically the awareness part, educating the market further and really giving them more insight on what leasing is all about and making sure that they really understand it. And then secondly, of course, making sure that we can put the right offers uh, in, in place. And that also meant that we are looking more and more into capabilities to optimize our media spend as well. So meaning that we need to look at how can we target better? Uh, how can we build more insights? Uh, also, how do we use potentially social more as an e-commerce channel as well, instead of just our own platform? Really trying to engage customers and uh, let's say prospects where we can find them. And uh, especially in the small, medium enterprise and privately sector, there's of course tremendous opportunities there, whereas we originally are coming more from a corporate sector. But uh, especially in the SME and the privately sector, we expect uh, significant growth in the coming months. So team-wise, I haven't really changed a lot, to be honest. It's more about acceleration, actually, in my uh, domain, where we say, okay, we need to go faster and building better insights. And we need to make sure that we can use data more efficiently going forward. And of course, we've seen quite a lot of differences in countries, right? So the southern countries versus the Nordic countries, uh, also total different behaviors. And that's also something we need to embrace while following basically a global template. Do you I hope that answers that, a bit the question, but uh, please ask then if, you, if I need to clarify some things. Do you feel like the business will be back to uh, pre-COVID numbers before the end of the year? Most likely not. Most okay. likely not. Because I think that the, yeah, it really depends. So we don't know if there's going to be a second wave. We don't know how, let's say, some of the economics going to turn out. And we probably also expect that quite a few companies will still find some impact uh, over the course of the year. So we will need to see it. It's hard to answer with yes or no. Do you feel better prepared for us for if we would get a big second wave? Yeah, I think we did uh, get some learnings out of it. Uh, so things that we might want to do differently next time, definitely keep uh, the pedal to the metal. So that's one thing that we probably need to continue doing because also looking at changing uh, customer and consumer behavior, we saw, of course, a tremendous uh, shift towards online purchase behavior, right? So if you look at all the big players in the e-commerce industry, especially they're all growing like crazy. So yeah. that's, also, of course, for us, a really good indicator that we just need to do better what we do online. And uh, of course, omnichannel is a big topic also for us. And so that yeah. also means we need to really combine often online a lot more going forward. So yeah, we had the mixed bag at uh, at bold.com depending on the on the category. We had lease plan going down, and now we have Videoland. I, th I think it's streaming services in general had a big boom when everyone was suddenly at home doing nothing, at least having uh, having much more time at their hands. But for video streaming, you don't suddenly can create uh, uh, more series or more movies or more content like that, uh, I think. So, uh, Lucas, please tell with those restrictions, how have you been, how have you been able, how has VideoDown been able uh, to benefit from the situation? Well, everyone can hear me? Yes. Okay, great. I think we can split that up in two sections. The first section is directly hitting us, like in for Netherlands was uh, half March when uh, the government uh, decided to just basically have a smart lockdown, like we called it. And then numbers surged. Uh, we had everyone yeah, sitting at home, so they want to do something. And yeah, then they look at streaming services. 
And in that period, we had also our main title, which was already planned, but we just made it a little bit earlier, uh, like one week. Mokro Mafia. So that was just another accelerator of uh, the growth that we have seen over the past, uh, past couple of months. And it's growth that we, yeah, it's really big. And but now we having a little bit of a backlash of it because you can imagine all content productions needs to be uh, recorded. And there are sometimes some intimate scenes in it. And yeah, that's a, bit, a little bit difficult when you have a one and a half meter society because yeah, uh, those can be done. Yeah. The, the whole uh, content production uh, industry is also uh, really affected because they can do their work in the way they're used to. So they have to adapt as well. But yeah, sometimes the script is already written and how do you do that? Yeah, you can imagine for all uh, kind of content production or in television broadcasting scenes, we have an, uh, another challenge to how to yeah have that content planning a little bit of what we are used to, but that initial planning uh, is thrown out of the window. But on the other side, we had already, we have benefited quite, quite a lot and we are really happy with it. And yeah. almost uh, our software developers had to run overtime because of yeah, such uh, a performance demand from our service because we have a very data intensive service. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah it's quite a lot and then uh, you need to adapt on that as well. So uh, maybe have you been able to, I'm not sure if that's even a thing for you guys, but uh, been able to add external content, so just buy more content for people to watch or? I've, I know our, our content team is uh, really watching into those, those uh, opportunities, but yet again, then you have also quite some competition because most of those content things are a little bit of ex ex uh, exclusivity. So if Netflix buys it for the Netherlands, then we leave it. We are empty-handed and uh, yeah, it comes the, way, the other way around. And yeah, it's a, therefore also the competition on, on already available content is also uh, pretty high. So yeah, that's really something you need to watch, uh, look into as well. Yeah. Yeah, but we has had some release dates already, which we had to postpone into the into autumn. Yeah, titles that we really would love to have right now. Yeah, cool. And I also released a new package. I'm going to ask uh, you about that one after I go to uh, to a question from the chat. And uh, for everyone listening, please please keep adding uh, those questions. I think both Fabian and Lucas already answered the question from Cheert. Let me know, Cheert, if that's uh, uh, the case, or do you, if you have any additional questions. But I have a question for for Boss. Yeah, that makes sense. So, how do you deal with products which fit in more categories, like you just uh, told us? So there are teams at Bold.com split between the different categories. But yeah, I, I think it's easy to imagine that that you have certain products that fit in multiple categories and might cross different teams. So how does that work? Yeah, for example, imagine having a shirt from from Adidas. It, it's a, what you see is that most some sports items they're basically designed for sports are also worn as, uh, as fashion clothing. Yeah, obviously, we're continuously asking ourselves the question, where should this product be placed on the website? And I think at Ball, we, we split this in, in into two different questions. So the first one is, where do our customers look for these products? And, and most of the time, product customers look for a product in, in different parts of the website. So we make sure to to locate those products in all parts of the website. For, so let's take an added shirt for example we would uh, disclose the shirt on the sports section but also disclose it on the fashion section depending of course on, on the exact shirt so that's one side of the store so you should really ask yourself what do our customers want and where, where should where should they be able to find it and and that's a really that's a really nice question to answer because uh, better disclose the, the products 
somewhere too often uh, than just disclosing a really small part of your site. The other issue uh, here. And are there teams? Are there are there teams that are uh, multiple teams responsible for uh, a single product? Does that happen or? Yeah, that's the other part of the question. So, uh, of course, we have, we have to look at which team is eventually responsible for this product. And to do this, we just basically set up some some rules and and, and make deals with teams. So, for example, uh, we would say that all all shirts that are coats that are, for example, outdoor coats are are not part of the fashion team, but are the, the responsible team would be the outdoor team. Uh, so a customer can find it on both locations, but we just agreed on the fact that in this specific case, the outdoor code is in responsibility of the outdoor team. So just, just yeah, we, we evaluate this every year, actually. Yeah. So uh, if after a while uh, the fashion team says, hey, uh, that code is, uh, is actually more of a fashion code, then maybe after a year it will, uh, it will, it will go to fashion. Mm -hmm. For the customer, it, there won't be much change.